0: So, this is a very important verse. We saw in the previous verses how Brihilad Maharaj is describing the different stages of realization of Absolute Truth. First stage is Brahma realization. Brahma realized how the Supreme Lord has spread throughout my body. This is called Brahma realization. Everything is Krishna's energy. Advanced stage. Then he mentioned was realization of the personality of Godhead, who appeared in the form of Hayagriva, and he killed the demons Madhu and Kaitap and delivered Vedas to Lord Brahma. Of course, in between he also mentioned the Virat Rup. Those people who cannot appreciate the personal form of God, they understand by it, they understand Him by His Virat expansion. Now here he is telling. Your lordship is not limited to a particular form. We cannot change forms at our will. Under the influence of time, our form changes. In this life we have taken P-shaped form in the womb of mother. Now it has grown into male or female forms. It has become young. It is growing older. It will become very old. And it will vanish. We will take another form. But Lord Krishna is not limited like us. So Lord Krishna can take many many forms. And here it is mentioned he takes all the forms. He is the origin of all the forms. Because material world that is explained in Bhagavad Gita is a reflection of the spiritual world. So Prahlad Maharaj here explains. Nritriya grishi deva jasha avataraya Nritriya. Nri means human beings. Sometimes Krishna comes and takes a form which looks like that of a human being. Just like Lord Ramchandra and Lord Krishna. They are completely spiritual forms but they appear like those of human being. Similarly Krishna has got various other forms. Rishi, he appears among the Rishis. He appears as devatas. He appears as animal also. Like boar incarnation, Hansa incarnation. Snake incarnation. So many forms Krishna takes. All the forms are whatever forms we see here, they are reflection of the forms of the spiritual world. So he appears in all the species, all the varieties of life. There is tortoise incarnation, there is fish incarnation, aquatics, jashava avatare. So he appears as animal, appears as aquatics, he appears in all the varieties of forms. And in Kali Yuga, he has taken a special form. And that is channaha Channat means it is covered. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Jagannathpuri to have darshan of lordships for the first time when he took sannyas, he moved towards Jagannathpuri. His mother requested, Do, don't go to Vindavan, at least fulfill my this last request stay in Jagannathpuri, which is closer to Mayapur, his birthplace, so that I can get news of your activities and whereabouts. So, Mahaprabhu agreed, no problem. Jagannathpuri is as good as Vrindavan, I will stay in Jagannathpuri. So, when he went to Jagannathpuri, he had darshan of Lord Jagannath in the temple, he immediately fainted. And when he fainted, some of the guards, they came and wanted to obstruct. But Sarvam Bhattacharya, the head priest, of Jagannath Puri. He was a very vastly learned scholar it is told he was incarnation of Sage Brahaspati, the spiritual master of the demigods. He had come here so that he can also develop pure devotional service. So Sarvam Bhattacharya was a very great scholar. He understood this person is not ordinary, he is Mahabhagavata, very very great exalted sage of Bhakti Yoga and these are the symptoms of ecstasy. He observed how he has fainted. So, when a person advances in spiritual life, these are extraordinary symptoms of spiritual ecstasy. Once the symptom is that a person faints. So, very carefully examined basis and injunction of the scriptures that this fainting, all these symptoms what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is showing here, these are symptoms shown by Mahabhagavata, very exalted devotee. So, he took Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to his home. And then he was discussing about him with Gopinathacharya. Acharya. Gopinatha Acharya was one of the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he was brother-in-law of Sarbhaum Bhattacharya. So they had a very close relationship. So Sarbhaum Bhattacharya, the head priest, he asked Gopinathacharya, Acharya, So please tell me about this sannyasi. He is a young sannyasi." Chandanama Prabhupada sanyasa at what age? 24 years. Very young. So he was very, very beautiful. And uh, when he came to his senses, he behaved in a very humble manner. So he was Sannyasi, he was a learned scholar, but he was very humble at the same time. Usually, if people are learned, they are not able to have humility. If somebody is very humble, usually they are not very intelligent. Both these qualities are very rare and more so when a person is physically also very attractive. So thus Sarbhambhattacharya became greatly attracted. His heart got moved seeing Chaitanya Mahabrabhu. He is very very effulgent, young, very beautiful sanyasi and he is very humble, very intelligent also. Please tell me more about him, who is this sanyasi? So then he told, he, is, uh, he gave the details. He took initiation from Keshav Bharti and in this way he is a vastly learned scholar and when he got to know Keshav Bharti, so he told his name Sri Krishna is good but he has taken initiation from Bharti Sampradaya which is not the topmost second grade he considered. So he told I can teach in Vedanta, he has taken sannyas at a very young age. Unless he reads Vedanta, his mind is absorbed in Vedanta, he will fall down. So thus I need to educate him in Vedanta, I will speak to him in Vedanta and I will re-initiate him into the topmost sannyasi Sampradaya. So when Gopinath Acharya heard this and Mukundatta, another associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was there with him, they became very sad that how he is talking about Supreme Personality of Godhead that I want to re-initiate him. <laughs> So then he explained, uh, My dear brother, please understand. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is supreme personality of Godhead himself. He is not dependent on these exteriors. Whether he is wearing white or saffron. He is sannyasi of first order or second class from whom he has taken initiation. These are all external activities. He is Bhagavan Swoyam, supreme personality. So then he told, it's so okay. I can understand he is Mahabhagavata but why you are calling him supreme personality don't be so sentimental and then sargam bhattacharya's disciples were also there they started debating on what basis are you telling that he is supreme personality because lord vishnu is told triyogi triyogi means he appears in three yogas so lord vishnu's name is triyogi so, how can you claim that he is supreme personality of Godhead? This is Kali Yuga. Do you not know? So, Vishnu is Triyogi. How can he appear in fourth yoga, which is Kali Yuga? And this was a very strong argument. Lord Vishnu is actually called Triyogi. Triyogi means he appears in three yogas. So, thus if a person has partial understanding of the Vedas, then a person may get bewildered by such statements and may not be able to understand completely the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So they had partial understanding of the Vedas, but the conclusive knowledge was not given to them. (laughs) Why conclusive knowledge was not given to them? Because Krishna tells, who can know me completely, Bhaktiama Abhijanati, only a devotee can know me completely. It is mentioned in Bhagavad Gita, 18th chapter. Verse number 55, if I am not wrong. Bhakti amama vijanati yavanyaschasmi In truth, Tatvata only a devotee can know me. So Krishna mentions in the beginning of Bhagavad Gita that Arjuna, please understand me in truth. Janmukarm chame divyam evam yogeti tatvataha. The purpose of Bhagavad Gita is to make a person immortal, take him out of repeated birth and death. And who can attain this position? Who understands Krishna in truth? But who can understand Krishna in truth? That Krishna explains at the end of Bhagavad Gita. Mm -hmm. Bhaktiya maam Vijanati, only a devotee can know me. So because the followers of Sarabhama Bhattacharya, they were following the process of Jnana Yoga, followers of Sripa Shankaracharya, they could not understand perfectly the supreme truth. So then Gopinath Acharya, he was also a great scholar as well as a devotee. So devotees are not sentimentalists, their knowledge is completely backed by the Shastras. A neophyte devotee can be a sentimentalist who has a faith in Krishna, either that faith is in a very novice stage or that faith could be very strong that is Madhyam Adhikari. But even at that stage Madhyam he might not be able to support his faith with the statements of the scriptures. But advanced devotees are able to have many, many scriptural references. Then a person is eligible to become Uttamadhikari, very exalted personality in the science of Bhakti Yoga. So Gopinath Acharya was a very exalted person in the science of Bhakti Yoga. So immediately he quoted this very important verse. So in this verse, directly Prehlad Maharaj is telling what he is telling. Dharmam maha Channa yat Triyogo Athasatvam. Channah means covered. Channa Kalau, Yat, Abhavas. Kalau means in this age, Kali Yuga, you appeared as Channaha, as covered incarnation. So therefore you are called Triyogi. So you appear in all the forms in various yugas, in all the yugas, but you are called Triyogi because Channa Kalau, Yat, Abhavas. In Kali Yoga, Kalau, Channaha, you come in a covered form. And then he quoted of course various other references. So of course we can agree that uh, in Kali Yuga also incarnation will happen. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is incarnation or not, how to prove it? Now for this further references are there he told. Because you are not taken to devotional service. So unless one takes to devotional service, either he will not stumble upon such references because scriptures are huge or even if he reads he will not be able to understand them. Then he quoted various references which are there mentioned throughout the Vedas. In Shrimad Bhagavatam, it is mentioned in the 11th canto, krishna Tusha tushakrishnam Sangopanga Sankirtana Prayar Yajanti That in Kalyuga, how people will will worship. Sage Nimi was explaining. He explained the different incarnations in different ages. In Satyuga, people would worship like this with tapasya. With austerities and penances, people would worship the supreme personality of Godhead. In Treta Yuga, they would worship by offering sacrifices, spoons and ladles. Then in Dwapar Yuga, they will worship him as the supreme king, deity worship. And in Kali Yuga, Yajna, Sankirtana Praya, people will worship him by sankirtana yagya. Krishna Varnam, he will be always chanting the names of Krishna. So this avatar of Krishna, he will be Krishna Varnam, always he will be Taking the names of Krishna or preaching about Krishna. But his complexion will be a Krishnam. Krishna means blackish in colour. That is Krishna's original complexion. But this incarnation will be opposite to black. He will be very fair coloured. Sangopangastar parshadam He will be always accompanied by his associates. And Yajna Sankirtana Praer Yajanti Sumedasaha. People will worship him by Sankirtan Yajna chanting and hearing the names of Lord. But not everyone will be able to do it. Who will be able to do it? sumedasa Sahas. means is those who are very, very intelligent. They will be able to worship Lord in this way. Sankirtan. So thus Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was fair-colored and he is always chanting the names of Krishna. He is accompanied by his associates. And then he quoted further. It is mentioned in Mahabharata also. Lord Chaitanya's name comes in Vishnu Sasaranaam also. So many references are there. Suvarnavarna e mango. Suvarnavarna, again it is mentioned, that is he will be golden in complexion, like a molten, pool, molten gold, his limbs will be. Chandanangadi, there will be Chandan over his body. Sanyasakrit, shama shanto, he will take sanyas. Lord Krishna did not take sannyas. Lord Ramchandra did not take sannyas. Nursing Dev did not take sannyas. But it is told in Kali Yuga when he appears, sannyas he will take sannyas. Shama, he will control the senses. Shanta, he will be very, very peaceful. Nishta shanti prayanaha. So, thus, like this, so many references are there. And the direct references are also mentioned in uh, Vayu Puran, in Chaitanya Upanishad. In Atharvaved, in Garun Puran, in Narad Puran. So, in so many Upanishads, so many Puranas, exact descriptions, Shachi Garve Purandarat, great details are mentioned. But Sarvam told, because you have not taken to devotional service, there is no use of giving references to you because you will not be able to understand it. So, thus, taking to devotional service is very important. Similarly, some people. who claim to be Vedantist, they claim that, of course they did not take the name, some of them they take the name also, sometimes indirectly they tell. So this Bhagavad Gita of his Hare Krishna movement, written by Srila Prabhupada, it is not exact Bhagavad Gita. And some of them they accuse that people do not give the exact meaning of Bhagavad Gita. They twist the meaning to suit their own philosophy. So they want to preach their philosophy. So they will twist the entire meaning of Bhagavad Gita. And then he tells in, he quoted this person. That Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita, Buddhi Yoga. And it is translated as Bhakti. As devotional service. (laughs) So it is told when Buddhi Yoga is mentioned, why you are translating it as Bhakti or devotional service? So you want to preach devotional service, so you are using Krishna as an instrument to preach your philosophy. Similarly, just like they were quoting, it is mentioned Triyogi. So when it is mentioned three yogi, how you can tell that Krishna is incarnated? No, in Bhagavatam it is mentioned. There is a direct shloka. That is why we have to understand. Not every time there are two kinds of meanings. One is called literal translation. Another is called the purport of it. So we, are, we should be more concerned with the purport, the actual meaning rather than the literal translation. Just like the devtas, they are addressed as Amar in the scriptures. Amar means immortal, one who does not die. But does the devta does, does not die? No. Sahasriyuk paryantam aharyat brahmano vidu It is told that no, Brahma also dies, he also has a time although his day is very very long Sahasriyuk paryantam, aharyat brahmano vidu 1000 yugas is equal to his one day and he lives 100 such years Dviparardhav 1 parardh is 50 years of Brahma he lives 2 parardhas that is his age but Brahma has got age Similarly, other devtas, they have got age which is less than that of Brahma. But they have got age. They also die. So how do we understand this? They are called Amar. Amar means in our reference, our lifespan is very, very short compared to devtas. So compared to us, they are Amar. They are immortal. So that is why it is told Arupam Arupaya, or Arupaya. Krishna is called Arupam, sometimes invisible because he is invisible to it is not that he is not having any form but he is no, his form is not visible to us so that is why he is called arupa to explain the god one who has no form which you can see just like a color blind person if he thinks green is brown so if you want anything, any green object you have to tell him, please bring that brown object. <laughs> Otherwise he will bring something else. So similarly in our context the Vedas are explaining. So sometimes it is mentioned in the absolute context also. So thus Lord is described as having form. And sometimes it is mentioned in our context so he is described as having no form. And sometimes both the contexts are mentioned in the one verse like in Gajendra prayers, Arupayo, Ururupaya. You have many many forms, you have great form and you are Arupa at the same time. So, in this way we have to have complete knowledge of the Vedas. So, not every time the literal translation should be taken. Similarly, we have seen in Bhagavatam few verses before, Brahma was addressed as Aja. Aja means? Or Swayambhu. Yes? So, how do we understand both these words? One place it is mentioned? Bhū, Bhū means born. How is born? Swayam Bhū, self-born. Another place it is written unborn. So either a person can be born or unborn. How do we understand? And both words are used for Brahma because it is mentioned in our context. All the living entities, they came after Brahma. They did not see Brahma taking birth. So for them Brahma is unborn. He has not taken birth. Or self-born. They could not see any source of Brahma's birth. So that is why Brahma is also called Swayambhu. But can somebody be self-born? Birth means it is a complicated process. A complex machine is coming out. How any machine can create its own self? For birth, parents are always required. Creator is always required. Can any person take birth on his own? I created myself. So this is contradictory. Creator should be present before the creation. It is very nicely analyzed by the Goswamis, by Jeeva Goswami and others. So creator should be present before the creation. That is what Krishna tells. Srijami Aham. Srijami means to create. Now Srijami Aham literally in Bhagavad Gita means I created myself. So then it is explained by the Goswamis. What is the meaning of this statement Krishna tells? Tadat manam aham Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita, I come here. So it means I create my appearance. Because if Krishna was not existing before, then how he can create himself? So nobody can create himself. So srijami aham it means I created my appearance and I create my disappearance just like a dramatist, he creates his appearance, he creates his disappearance. So in this way we have to understand, when it is mentioned Swayambhu, it means, in our context it is being spoken, we mortal living entities speak of Brahma as Swayambhu, one who has taken birth on his own, because nobody could see his parents from where he has come. And thus he sometimes addresses Aja, unborn also, but Brahma is not unborn. As we have understood in these verses, how Prahlad Maharaj is explaining that there was lake in the navel of Vishnu and that from that lake, one seed was there. From the seed, lotus came out. On top of lotus, Brahma appeared. Right? So this is called birth of Brahma. So when it is mentioned, Aja, it is contradictory. So thus when Prabhupada is translating, Brahma will write, Brahma who was created by, who did not have material father and mother, So now you may ask, so here it is told Swayambhu, why you are telling not having material father and mother? No, because Prabhupada wants us to convey, wants to convey to us the exact meaning of that verse. Aja means one who did not have a material birth like us. He was created by Supreme Lord himself. He did not undergo the birth process like ordinary living entities. He did not have material father and mother. So, he is called Aja. So, in this way, in many, many places, the Acharyas, they want to give us the exact meaning rather than literal meaning. The literal meaning may not make sense in many, many ways. Just like we tell sometimes. Somebody goes to a restaurant and he tells Thanda Lea. So, Thanda means, literal translation is bring me cold. So, bring me cold means what? Should I bring you, should I bring AC here? Should I give you some ice cubes? Should I bring you ice water? Or what should I do? Bring me cold means what? No, Tandalyao means bring me cold drink. (laughs) That is a way of speaking, give me cold drinks. So, literal translation does not make sense here. So, that is why the Acharyas who understand the mind of Krishna, what Krishna is speaking, What is the actual meaning of Krishna's words? They give the bhavarth. Bhavarth means what Krishna intends to say. And it is a bhavarth which is important, isn't it? Literal meaning, just like small child. He will tell, mum, 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 mum. It means nothing. But parents understand he he or she is asking for water. (laughs) In no dictionary you will find mum, mum means water. (laughs) Or without speaking, child simply cries. The parents understand. Right, so that is why the literal translation may not make sense, but bhavarth is important. So it is a bhavarth which is called the purport. So that is why it is very very important to read the purport. And sometimes in translation itself, the Vaishnava acharyas, Prabhupada, because they are pure devotees of Krishna, pure devotee knows the mind of Krishna. They give the actual meaning, the purported meaning. But still. By scholarship, by reading the Bhagavad Gita nicely, also one can understand that how it is this person who has criticized that Buddhi has been translated as Bhakti Yoga. Why Buddhi Yoga you are doing like this? No, it is actually Bhakti Yoga. How, if we read Bhagavad Gita fully, we will understand. So, in 10th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, this Buddhi Yoga is explained nicely. What is this buddhi yoga? Tesham Satati Yuktanam Bhajatam Preeti Purvakam. Dadami Buddhi Yogamtam Yena Mam Upyantite, Krishna is telling Tesham satat yukta Yuktanam. Those who are always engaged in my service. 10 chapter verse number 10. Satat means always yukta means engaged. Bhajatam Bhajatam means devotional service. Preeti purvakam means with great preeti, with great love and affection. So those who are always engaged in service of Krishna, how? Preeti Purvakam. With great love. Then what happens? Dadami buddhi yogam tam. I give them buddhi yoga. What happens by buddhi yoga? Yen mam upayanti. They come to me. Now in 18th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Krishna again mentions. Who can come to Krishna? Bhaktya maam janati yavan chasmi tatvataha. Only a bhakta can know me as it is. So when a person knows Krishna as it is, then what happens? Tatoma tad anantaram. He enters the spiritual world. Anantar. Anantar means that world which is not destroyed, which is eternal, which is sanatandham. Tatoma tad Anantaram. He enters the spiritual world. He comes back, comes back to me. So here Krishna is telling only a devotee can know me, by which he can come back to me. So thus in order to come back to Krishna, one has to become devotee, one has to know the signs of devotional service. Bhaktia means devotee, one who renders devotional service to Krishna. So it means this buddhi yoga which is mentioned in 10th chapter that is nothing but Bhakti Yoga, dadami Buddhi Yogam Tam, Yenamam of Te, only a devotee can go to Krishna. Pitranyanti, Pitrvrata, Bhutaniyanti, Bhutejya. Yanti Deva Vrata, Devan. Krishna again mentions those who worship Devtas, they go to Devtas. Yanti Deva Devan. Pitranyanti, those who worship the forefathers, they go to forefathers. Bhutaniyanti, Bhutejya. Do worship those who worship ghosts and evil spirits, they go to those ghosts, live with them. And those who worship me, they come to me. So, what is this Buddhi yoga exactly? The yoga by which in 10th chapter it is mentioned: Dadami Buddhi Yogam Tam by which they can come to me. And who goes to Krishna? Madhya yantima, one mad who worships me, he comes to me. So thus buddhi yoga means the knowledge, the intelligence by which one can go to Krishna. The knowledge of worshipping Krishna, the knowledge of engaging in his devotional service. So thus if a person reads Bhagavad Gita like this, very clearly buddhi yoga has been explained in 10th chapter, in 18th chapter also. Mama so buddhi yoga is another name for bhakti yoga. Just like physics and science can be used interchangeably. Physics is another form of science. So Somebody can tell, oh here physics is written. How this person is writing science? (laughs) Physics is not science. Home science is only science because science word is there in home science. So that is foolishness. Such a person does not know physics and does not know science also. So physics is science. Although in name it is not mentioned. So in a similar fashion... Although buddhi yoga means bhakti yoga, both terms can be used interchangeably. But then somebody may ask why the different term is coined buddhi yoga. Let it be bhakti yoga only. The dhami bhakti yoga krishna would have mentioned. Why this buddhi yoga word is mentioned? So it is explained. There are various forms of yoga. Yoga means the science of linking oneself to krishna, to god's supreme consciousness. The Supreme Personality. So it begins with Karma Yoga. What is Karma Yoga? Karma Yoga also has got various stages. So this yoga is a ladder and it is explained in 12th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. And it is mentioned by Krishna Sankhya Yoga Prithak Bala Pravadanti Avipaschitaha. Sankhya and the signs of Bhakti Yoga, they are Prithak. This is also explained by the foolish people. So foolish people tell this is separate. That is separate. It is one ladder only. One leads to another. So the beginning portion, the first rung of this ladder is Karma Yoga. Karma Yoga means, Karma Yoga is also various grades. Karma Yoga is also, many many steps are there in Karma Yoga. Karma Yoga begins with, renouncing the fruits of your activities. For general purpose, social work, you are not attached to fruits of your activity. You are working very hard and offering the results of your work for general welfare because you do not understand God. But when a person advances, then Krishna mentions. In second chapter, this initial stage of yoga is also mentioned by Krishna. sarva karma tyaga shantir anantaram At least you leave the results of your activity, then you will be very, very peaceful. Only with a peaceful mind a person can come to the stage of sanity, jnana yoga. So at least don't enjoy the results of your activity. Give up the results of your work. Sarva karma falatyagam. This is the basic stage mentioned by Krishna. Give up the results of all your works. And when a person gives up the result for work, he may advance to the platform of knowledge. And that is called jnana yoga. Also that is the beginning of Jnana Yoga. Beginning of Jnana Yoga is a person understands that I am not the body. He starts realizing I have done so much of action for my enjoyment but I have not got satisfaction in my life. So who am I? In this way when he starts cultivating knowledge what is truth of life? From where have I come? So cultivating knowledge of the absolute truth trying to research about what is truth in life what will satisfy me this is called jnana yoga beginning of jnana yoga and then when a person advances to understand that oh krishna is the absolute truth then that is advanced stage of jnana yoga when a person cultivates knowledge about krishna he wants to understand about krishna he reads the vedas just to understand krishna this is the most advanced platform of jnana yoga Trying to read the Vedas. By reading about Krishna. They want to understand the supreme truth. Approach the supreme truth. So when a person wants to cultivate Gyan to approach the supreme truth. That is called topmost stage of Gyan Yoga. To approach Krishna. And then when he realizes that Krishna is the ultimate objective of all yoga. He is the supreme personality. Origin of the whole world universe. He is my eternal relative. Only by satisfying him I can be satisfied. But still the person is attached to certain kind of activity here. That person is called topmost karmi yogi. And that is also mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita. Yat karoshi, yad joshi, tapasyesi So initial bhakti, karmi yoga is also mentioned in Bhagavad Gita that give up the results of your activity. Remain equipoise, don't be attached to the results. And then... Result results should be given to Krishna. This top most karma yoga is also mentioned. So karma yoga is of. It's not black and white. It's a gray scale. It keeps on advancing when a person approaches more towards Krishna. So when a person understands Krishna is the objective of all yoga. He is the absolute truth. But still some attachment is there. But still I want to do this. Uh, I want to teach others. I want to do this work of professorship. Oh, I want to do business only, but I want to satisfy Krishna. Oh, I want to do this kind of job, but I want to satisfy Krishna. I understand he is the goal. Such a person is the topmost Karmi Yogi. So, by his own activity, he is satisfying Krishna. This is the ultimate stage of Karmi Yoga. And this is Bhakti Yoga also. This is beginning of Bhakti Yoga also because the person is rendering service to Krishna. The topmost stage of Jnana Yoga when a person is reading Vedas to understand Krishna is Bhakti Yoga also because he is trying to understand Krishna. At the same time it is Jnana Yoga because that is not pure Bhakti Yoga. What is pure Bhakti Yoga? That is Buddhi Yoga. Simply chanting and hearing about Krishna, thinking of Krishna. Offering prayers to Krishna. Worshipping Krishna. Engaging in service of Krishna. So this service is different from Karma Yoga. Karma Yoga is also serving Krishna. But a person is attached to certain kind of activity. But Bhakti Yogi or Buddhi Yogi. He is not attached to any kind of activity. He can do whatever is required to serve Krishna. That is called Dasyam. Serving Krishna completely. Archanam, Mandanam. Ready to carry out any order of Krishna. So then it is no longer karma yoga, it becomes dasyam, bhakti yoga, pure bhakti yoga. Sakhyam, acting as friend of Krishna, atmanivedanam, complete surrender, this is called bhakti yoga. So person is not surrendering himself completely like Bali Maharaj did, he surrendered everything. person is not doing that, he cannot offer everything to Krishna. He is not chanting and hearing the names of Krishna. He is not always thinking about Krishna. He is not worshipping the deity of Krishna. He is not serving the lotus feet of Krishna, Sevanam. But he is trying to read about Krishna. Who is Krishna? He wants to understand. How oh, is the absolute truth? Then he is called a Jnana Yogi. But because he has understood, objective is to understand Krishna. But he is still trying to use knowledge to understand the path of Jnana. He is called Jnana Yogi. So in this manner, although sometimes in Bhagavad Gita it is written Gyan Yoga, Vaishnavacharyas, May write it as Bhakti Yoga. If that Jnana Yoga signifies. He is trying to understand Krishna. By cultivating knowledge. But in other times. If simply try to understand. I am not the body. Basic truth. This is Jnana Yoga without Bhakti Yoga. There is no Bhakti involved in this. And this is also called sankhya Yoga. Analysis. Analytical study. So thus sankhya Yoga also has got various meanings. It begins with mundane analysis. It goes on till Bhakti Yoga. So thus in yoga all these things they overlap also, just like here also it overlaps, plus two is called school also and plus two is called college also. In south it is called PUC right, P University College something. But in our state uh, where we got educated 11th, 12th nobody can call it college, it is school only. (laughs) 11th and 12th is school, plus two is school. And in Maharashtra, Mumbai also, I think they call it college, right? I'm not in school anymore. So thus plus two is school also sometimes. Senior secondary school it is called. And other times it is called college also. So why it cannot be applied to yoga? So sometimes karma yoga is also bhakti yoga. Bhakti yoga is also karma yoga. Gyan yoga is also bhakti yoga. Interchangeably the words can be used. A person who is in knowledge, he will be able to give the exact meaning. Exact means purported meaning. So thus Vaishnavacharyas they know complete truth about Bhagavad Gita. So they may give us these meanings which may appear that person is twisting the meaning. He is giving another meaning to it. It is not another. It is an actually intended meaning. So thus Buddhi Yoga is the yoga by which te. One can approach Krishna. Who can approach Krishna? Only a devotee. So the science of devotional service is given. And also, Buddhi Yoga is different from Bhakti Yoga because Tam Abhyarchya yena Midam Tatam. Prabhupada explains, by your own work, you are serving Krishna. This is the beginning of Bhakti Yoga. Whatever activity you like, whatever activity pleases your mind and body, you want to do art, you paint for Krishna very nicely. The entire day keep on painting. You want to do business. Just like one of Prabhupada's disciples, Garg Prabhu, very fond of doing business. Prabhupada told him, okay, oh, you do business, but do nice business for Krishna. But of course, he was a Bhakti Yogi. So then when business was not favorable, he came to Prabhupada and he engaged nicely. So whatever work we do, we can do for Krishna. This is the beginning of Bhakti Yoga. But when a person is always engaged in such activity which is favorable to his mind and body, 24 hours a person does that activity for the pleasure of Krishna with love, priti purvakam. Then what happens? The dhami buddhi yogam. Then he comes to the stage of buddhi yoga. Buddhi yoga is the stage of direct communion with the super soul. Super soul instructs from within the heart what to do first and next so that a devotee can come to me. So, buddhi yoga means yoga of intelligence. Karma yogi need not be intelligent. Simply work and give up the results of your work. Intelligence will come slowly. Knowledge will come slowly. But in buddhi yoga, one needs to use buddhi. That is why it is mentioned, Prabhupada tells you should always use your intelligence. Whether this activity I am doing for Krishna or this is sense gratification. It is not easy. Sometimes in the name of Krishna consciousness, we might be doing sense gratification. That is why when devotees were working very hard, they were not coming back to temple for evening program. Prabhupada instituted in morning and evening sandwich program. So they would go out and then they would not come back for Kirtan for discussion. So Prabhupada told, this Ugr karma, this uh, this will destroy the movement, he told. Nobody has intelligence. You are not interested in Krishna Katha. This sense gratification, Prabhupada used the word sense gratification. They are working for Krishna. They are not keeping any money in their pocket. They are going to collect funds so that temple can be constructed for Krishna. But no. Prabhupada told this sense gratification, if you do, then this will destroy this, this will dismantle the structure of spiritual life. Why sense gratification? Because I have competitive spirit. So uh, even though I may not use the money, but collecting money also gives some pleasure. Competing with others, I collected more than him. That also gives pleasure. Speaking to people, convincing people also gives pleasure. So, thus, I am thinking I am serving Krishna, but inside these motives can be there in the heart. I may get prestige among the devotees. I am a top collector. Or I am able to convince others. I want to do more than other person, other devotee. These competitive spirits' desires can be there for mundane. Uh, becoming center of attraction, reputation, and fame. So thus Prabhupada should always be conscious whether I am serving Krishna or I am doing sense gratification. That is why Krishna consciousness is also called Buddhi Yoga. So simply fighting is not Buddhi Yoga. Fighting for Krishna, always thinking of Krishna with great love. That is called Buddhi Yoga. So that is why it is called Yoga of Intelligence. Always a person should. Discern whether I am doing sense gratification or I am. Thus, when the devotees wanted to chant entire day, Prabhupada told, "Don't do this. Go out and work hard for Krishna." So chanting can also be sense gratification. Oh, I am getting pleased by this. If I go out, meet opposing elements. Somebody criticizes me. I don't know, where I come from. I don't know so I feel bad. My sense gratification is disturbed. Chanting nobody disturbs me. Chant Hare Krishna nicely. Do bhajan here. No. So that's, that is why Prabhupada tells Krishna consciousness is also called buddhi yoga. One should always use buddhi. How to use, how to use it in Krishna consciousness. So thus that, a person can be doctor, can be engineer, can be anything. But if a person has the science of buddhi yoga, he can very intelligently do every activity simply for satisfaction of Krishna. So that this is the, these are the various reasons for which Krishna consciousness is called buddhi yoga. Buddhi yoga means because we have to use intelligence always. Whether this is satisfying Krishna or not. And buddhi yoga means because this is the yoga of intelligence. Buddhi yoga means intelligence is given. Buddhi is given from the heart. Krishna tells how to act in this manner so that you can come towards me. So because intelligence, buddhi is given by Krishna, that is why it is also called buddhi yoga. This buddhi takes us to Krishna. Now how it is different from jnana yoga? Jnana yoga also appears to be like buddhi yoga. No, in jnana yoga there is no activity for serving Krishna. person simply wants to read the vedas to understand Krishna. And buddhi yoga means activity, fight for Krishna, cook for Krishna, Read for Krishna, preach for Krishna, do everything for Krishna. Activity is involved. So when there is activity involved, person is actively engaged, it is called buddhi yoga. So that is why the karma yoga is also called buddhi yoga if it is done for Krishna. So thus we have to understand with the help of the pure devotees as Krishna has told only bhakti amam, pure devotee can know me perfectly, he can understand my instructions. So that is why we should not get disturbed when we see such meanings. Just like the disciples of Sarvam Bhattacharya, they got disturbed seeing the word Triyogi. But they understand Triyogi is explained because of a particular reason. What is the reason? Channa Kalavyat Abhavat. Because in Kali Yuga, incarnation is covered. That is why. So, literal meaning should not be taken. Triyogi means In Adat, in three yugas, Krishna asserts that I am the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But in Kali Yuga, Krishna does not. Assert himself that he is supreme personality of Godhead. That is why he is called Thiriyuri. So that is why all the Vedas we have to read under the guidance of pure devotees. Because they only understand the conclusive knowledge of the Vedas. And then this person also criticizes that why the devotees of Krishna are always singing and dancing. Uh, Where this process is mentioned. So just to give some references. There are unlimited references. We cannot go. We can keep on discussing 2-3 days. Just the references of singing and dancing. How this is the most powerful process explained by Krishna. To approach Krishna. But we will take references from Bhagavad Gita. Which everyone knows. Is bona fide. Everyone believes in it. And Srimad Bhagavatam. Which is a conclusive literature of all the Vedic knowledge. Nigam Kalpataror Galitam phalam. Nigam means Vedic knowledge is called Nigam. And Kalpataru means this Veda, Vedic knowledge is also called Desire Tree. Desire Tree is a special tree which fulfills all your desires. So thus, whatever desires you may have, if you go to Vedas, Veda give directions. You want wealth? Do this thing. You want children? Do this. You want good husband? Do this. You want wife? Do this. You want to defeat, kill your enemies? Do this. You want to go to this planet? Do this. You want to have this power? Do this. So it is called Karpataru. Whatever desire you have, it will be fulfilled. Through the Vedas. So Ningan Kalpataru, the Vedic knowledge which is compared to desire tree, Galitam Phalam. The most important, although trees' entire existence is very useful, trees, bark, root, twig, branch, leaves, everything is used by us. But the most important part of trees, fruit. And what is the fruit of the tree of Vedic knowledge? That is Srimad Bhagavatam. Nigam Kalpataror Galitam Phalam. And which kind of fruit is best? The ripened fruit. So Bhagavatam is not ordinary fruit but ripened fruit which is a purpose, prime purpose of planting a tree. So thus the purpose of all Vedic knowledge is Srimad Bhagavatam. Nigam Kalpataror Galitam Phalam. So thus to save time we will see references from Himad Bhagavatam. But there are so many endless references we might produce and share a document some other time. So, Srimad Bhagavatam, which is Vidya Bhagavatavadhi. The conclusion, the topmost Vidya, if you have to test whether a person is having Vidya or not, then you should see whether he knows Bhagavatam well. Vidya Bhagavatavadi Avadi means limit. Limit of Vidya is Bhagavat, Srimad Bhagavatam. So, that is why we will see references from Bhagavatam, which is the final work of Vedivyas. So, in 7th Canto, 4th chapter, verse number 40, 7th canto is the canto from which we discuss today's verse. Today we discussed 9th chapter. This is from 4th chapter. Hiranyakashipu terrorizes the universe. In 40th verse it is mentioned. Uh, for YouTube devotees, we will share all these verses in the description. You can go and check all these after the class. Nādati kwachit utkanto vilajjo nirvriti kwachit. kwachit tad bhavana yukta estanmayo Nadati means exclaims loudly. Kwachit utkantho. Sometimes utkantha means very anxious. Vilajo nirtyati kwachit Without any shame, dancing. So translation is sometimes upon seeing the supreme personality of Godhead, Nadati Kvachit, Prahlad Maharaj would loudly call in full anxiety, Utkantho. he would loudly call the name of Krishna in full anxiety. He sometimes lost his shyness, vilajo, in jubilation and began dancing in ecstasy. Nityati Kvachit, nirityati exact word is used. And who danced? Prahlad Maharaj. Well, greatest authorities of Vedic knowledge are mentioned. They are called Mahajan. Swayambhu Narada Shambhu Prahalada. One of them is Prahlad Maharaj. The most authority of Vedic knowledge. And what he is doing? Nirityati Kvachit. He is dancing. The purpose of reading all Vedas is he can dance for Krishna. And sometimes being fully absorbed in thoughts of Krishna, he built oneness and imitated the pastimes of the Lord. So these are the activities of most exalted devotees. Then it is mentioned in 8th canto of Bhagavatam, 16th chapter verse number 57. Diti wanted to have a powerful son who can avenge the death of Hiranyaksha. So he, she approached muni her husband and he told please tell me how can I have a very very powerful son who can defeat Indra." Who can kill Indra. So then, uh, husband, uh, now he's father of both demigods and demons. So he thought, how can I grant her a son which will kill my other sons? So what to do now? But she is insistent. So then he told, okay, let me engage her in worship of Vishnu. Anybody who worships Vishnu, he becomes purified in the heart completely. So th- then he gave him the process of Payovrata sacrifice, a unique kind of worship by which Vishnu becomes very quickly pleased. So, anybody who wants to have nice children are supposed to follow this Bhayavrata sacrifice. So, we had uh, devotees, Shiva if he's hearing this lecture. So, he shared with us that how when he approached doctor, doctor told your wife has got some biological defect in her womb and she can never bear children and I also have the same problem so you should not hope that you will have children. So then he told me we became hopeless. What we can do? But then because he had read Bhagavatam, so both of them, husband and wife, they executed this Paya as it is mentioned here. And then she was able to bear child. And the doctor became surprised. (laughs) What did you do? It was impossible. I did complete analysis. And thus his parents and uh, they were not favorable to devotional service. What you are doing this Hare Krishna always not eating onion, garlic, doing all these things, all of them became favourable. Because, you know, this uh, surpassed the biological laws. How is it possible? So, just it happened a couple of years ago. So, anyway, so this payavrata was recommended to her. And one unique portion of this payavrata is mentioned here. VADITRA STUTI SWASTI KARAYET TAT puja BHAGVATO Nirti Vaditra Gita Isha. Nirthya means dance. Every day from to Trayodashi, one should continue the ceremony to the accompaniment of dancing, singing, the beating of drum. So the drum beating, ridanga playing that we do, that is also as per Bhagavatam, Kashyapuni recommended to Diti. The chanting of the prayers and all auspicious mantras. So again he uh, tells that why do these people chant always? So th- by chanting mantras nothing happens. These mantras are formula. E is equal to mc square you keep on chanting. Will anything happen? No you should know the meaning of the mantra. Need not chant always. So unfortunately poor person has not read Bhagavad Gita. Even if he has read this knowledge is not awakened I think. So, very clearly, it is mentioned in Bhagavad Gita also. Satatam kirtayanto maam, always keep on chanting my name. Nine chapter, verse number 14. Satatam always. So, the symptoms of Mahatma's great souls are described. What do the great souls do? Satatam, always they are kirtayanto maam, chanting my names. Maam, kirtayanto. So, here it is mentioned. Stutibi swasti vachakai. Stuti means they chant mantras. Swasti vachakaya means they offer prayers. So they are always chanting mantras. Mantras have to be chanted. And then it is mentioned. Niritya vaditra gita Ischa. They will do dancing. They will do singing. They will they play vaditra. Musical instruments. Beating of drums. So this nritya vaditra. It's a very scientific process. By which actually Diti got very exalted sons. The maruts. So, this is mentioned throughout the Bhagavatam. Then, in 8th Canto, 21st chapters, when Bali Maharaj was arrested by the Lord, you know, Vaman Rupa, he took incarnation, and then he arrested Bali Maharaj. Brahma dayo lokanatha swanathaya samadrita. Now, Brahma and everybody has assembled, they have come to the place now. And how? Brahma, Brahma means... He has given us the Vedas, the Vedic knowledge. Nobody knows Vedas better than Brahma. So how Brahma and other devas? How do they worship Supreme Lord? Toye samarhanaye shrabhir divya gandhanulepanaye thupair dipey surabibhir lajakshat Palankurai, stavanaye jay shabdeshcha tad bire mahima mahima kitaaye niritya vaditra gita ischa shank dundubhi nisvanayah the shank the conch that we blow that is also part of devotional service explained in bhagavatam that is done by brahma also nritya niritya vaditra gita ischa they are again the same word is used nritya vaditra they are dancing and they are playing musical instrument gita ischa they are singing the glories of the lord They are offering dhup and deep, incense and lamp. What we do, the same thing what we are doing. This was done by Brahma and other people. So whatever we are doing in Krishna consciousness, this is exactly mentioned in the Vedas, throughout the Vedas. So Brahma is also singing and dancing. Who are you to tell that why do these people sing and dance? So they know how best to please Krishna. So to please Krishna, Vamandev, they are singing and dancing, offering him dhupa and deepa and prayers. Then again, it is mentioned in ninth canto of Bhagavatam, tenth verse, tenth chapter, verse number forty one. Pastimes of Supreme Lord Ramchandra are mentioned. So here it is mentioned when Ramchandra came back after great many years of exile, what is the situation of the Ayodhya Vasis. Dunvanta Uttara Sangan Patim Bikshyachiragatam Uttara Kosala Malya. Kirantu Nandritur Muda. The citizens of Ayodhya upon seeing their king return after a long absence, Patim Chiragatam offered him flower garlands, Kosala Malyae, waved their upper cloths. And danced in great jubilation. Kiranto Nandratur Muda. Muda means great jubilation. Nandratur. They danced, waving their upper cloths in great jubilation. So, to please Lord Ramchandra, they are dancing, to please Vamadev, they are dancing, Brahma is dancing, Ayodhya vatis are dancing, everybody is dancing, Prasad Maharaj is dancing, Swayambhu, Narada Shambhu, topmost Mahajanas are dancing. Then again, 10th canto of Bhagavatam, 13th chapter, verse number 51. So this is the context where Brahma stole the calves and coward friends of Krishna. Then Brahma sees what is happening in the world actually. Again the word is used. Di di. All beings both moving and non-moving from the four-headed Lord Brahma down to the most insignificant living entity had taken forms and were differently worshipping those Vishnu Murtis according to their respective capacities with various means of worship such as dancing and singing. So everyone from Brahma to small insignificant living entity they had taken various forms and they were Worshipping, how they are worshipping? hai. by various means. And the main means of worship are Nritya Gitaadi by singing and dancing. So, singing, dancing, everybody is doing from Brahma to insignificant living entity. So, Evam Vrata, 11th canto, 2nd chapter, verse number 40. Evam vrata svapriya nama And what kind of kirtan? Especially nama kirtan is mentioned here. Naam kirtan is very important. Evam vrata svapriya nama kirtaya jatanurago drutachitta ucchaye hasati Atho roditi rauti gayati unma nirtyati loka bahiya. The situation of topmost transcendentalist is mentioned in 11th canto. The topmost spiritualist, what does he do? So it is told the topmost transcendentalist, He chants the holy names of Krishna. And by chanting, doing this Naam Kirtan especially, what happens? Jatanurago, Durta Chitta He develops Anurag. Anurag means attachment for Krishna. Durta Chitta, his heart becomes very soft. And with this softened heart, what happens? Hasati, Atho. Roditi Rauti Gayati, he sometimes laughs, he sometimes cries, Roditi, Gayati, he sometimes sings. Unmad nirtyati, Lok nirtyati. he dances in great unmad, great jubilation. So he sings and he dances, the topmost transcendentalist. Why doing? Naam Kirtaya, Naam Sankirtan. So thus Krishna tells you, Chant my names. In third chapter, I think verse number 40, it is mentioned. All third chapter is Karma Yoga. So Krishna is telling, karmano anyatra loko yam karma bandhana. All the work should be done for Yajna. Yajna means Vishnu. Yagya Vishnu. All, we, all the work should be done for Vishnu, the supreme personality. Okay, no, no. You are twisting the meaning. Again, somebody can tell. Okay, you take literal meaning of yagya. Yagya means sacrifice. All the work should be done simply for sacrificing. This is very important statement. This is the beginning of spiritual life. One should work not to enjoy the money which he is acquiring by that work. But all the money should be given up entirely. Yagyaathat karmano anyatra. If you do not do that, what will happen? Karma bandhana. One will get entangled in karma bandhan, whatever work you have done, it will be in reaction, good or bad. Repeated birth and death will happen. So, sacrifice the results of your work, then you are free. Yajna thart karmano annyatra lokoyam. So, purpose of all work is yajna or sacrifice. Now, sacrifice is of various kinds. Which is the topmost sacrifice? Sacrifice begins with using money for others' welfare, even general welfare. At least you have sacrificed your money, you have not used for yourself. But the topmost sacrifice which brings greatest result, it is explained in 10th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Where Krishna mentions Maharshi naam aham brigur." I think it is verse number 42 or we have to check. Maharshi naam aham brigur." Among the sages I am, bigu. Among the mountains, I am Himalaya. There, Krishna mentions Yajnaam Jap yajyu asmi. Among all the Yajnas, all the sacrifices, I am Jap Yagya, chanting of the holy name. So, Krishna mentions all the work should be done for and Which is topmost Yagya, Chanting. So, means purpose of all action is chanting. All the work should be done simply for chanting the holy names of Krishna. Yajnavasmi. So, is it not clear? That Krishna is telling chanting is the topmost activity. And he is telling is equal to MC square, is equal to MC square if you change. <laughs> no sir, physics formula is different. Holy name of Krishna, Abhinatvan Naam nam, you know. Have we not read this in the... So how shall we read? We don't take help of a bona fide pure devotee spiritual master. Abhinatvan Naam nam, you know, It is mentioned in Vedas. There is no difference between Krishna and his name. All the potencies of Krishna are invested in his name. Krishna's name is Krishna himself. So by chanting the name of Krishna, the devotee feels same ecstasy. It has the same effect as meeting personally Krishna. So thus very clearly it is mentioned. So the process which we are following, it is very very bona fide. It is strictly we have discussed as per Bhagavad Gita as per Freemad Bhagavatam, as per the Vedas. And all the great saints have demonstrated this thing. Prahlad Maharaj danced, Brahma danced, Tukaram danced, Mirabai danced, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu danced, Goswami's danced, Narsi Mehta danced. Everyone has danced and they have sang because this is the bona fide process. So thus we have understood the meaning Literal meaning may not be taken, just like triyogi. Literal meaning should not be taken because Krishna does not assert his identity. That is why Krishna is called Triyogi. So we have to take the real meaning, which we can take only by approaching the person who is a perfect Vedantist. sarve Aham Eva What is Vedanta? One knows Krishna. sarve Aham Eva From all the Vedas, I am to be known. So one who knows Krishna, he is a person having topmost knowledge. He knows Vedas completely. And who can know Krishna? Yeah, Mama Only a devotee can know. So that is why in order to understand the Vedas nicely, one should take shelter of pure devotee of Krishna. So this is also very important because we have understood how people are great scholars but they are not able to understand these things. Why? Buddhi Yoga is not there. So, in order to have buddhi yoga, what we are supposed to do? Pesham satati yukta nam priti So any kind of activity that we want, we can engage in that activity. Prabhupada tells, we are not here to stop the people. We are not telling you stop your industries tomorrow onwards. You stop your schools, colleges tomorrow onwards. Arjuna also thought, Krishna is telling me to stop fighting, so he told Krishna. If I to do buddhi, then let me stop fighting. So, buddhi yoga does not mean stopping fighting. Buddhi yoga means yes, whatever activities you are doing, engage nicely in the service of Krishna with great love, and then Krishna will give knowledge and intelligence from the heart how to approach him further. Dynamically, instructions will be revealed from the heart, just like the bird gets instruction from the heart how to make nest, and it goes and sits on top of eggs, unless the bird sits. Chicks will not come out. Who gives this knowledge to the birds? Paramatma is giving. So, Paramatma will give us knowledge from the heart. This is called buddhi Yoga. So, thus I request it is very important that 24 hours, whatever activities we do, we are not supposed to stop. But please offer the results of those activities for Krishna. Do it for Krishna. Then direct guidance will be there from the heart. All the questions of philosophy will be answered from the heart. All the doubts will vanish. And very swiftly we will make progress towards Krishna. So with this, we will end. Any questions? Little louder. Okay. So. Uh, you have heard this statement from him? Okay, so he is telling uh, one person or maybe the same person who accuses the devotees of singing and dancing. He is telling Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Mirabai, they were on the stage of Bhava. So they were dancing. Why you are dancing and singing? You are not on that stage. But no, here it is mentioned that uh, Deva was not on the stage of, uh, sorry, Diti. Diti was not on the stage of Bhava. She was having various other emotions. She was in anger. She wanted to rather kill the devatas. This was her bhava. But she was also recommended to follow the same process. To sing, dance and play musical instruments. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself has given us this process. That you sing and dance. Thus, uh, the difference in the bhava stage and that of sadhaka stages. In advanced stage, one does it out of spontaneous love. We may not experience the same ecstasy, but we do it as a matter of practice. But the process is same for everyone. They do it out of spontaneity. We do it out of practice under the guidance of spiritual master. Yes. <laughs> So, the question is, Sarvam Bhattacharya was an impersonalist. So, how he was able to understand the symptoms of ecstasy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? And uh, then second, how he was telling that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Mahabhagavat devotee? So, this Bhakti Yoga is followed by impersonalists also, but that is not real Bhakti Yoga. So Bhakti Yoga has to be there everywhere, without Bhakti nobody can become successful. Even if a person has to go and merge in the Brahma Jyoti, devotion to Krishna must be there, without Bhakti nothing is successful. But what is the Bhakti Yoga of impersonalists? Impersonalists they think that ultimate absolute truth is impersonal, simply an energy. And you have to detach yourself from this illusory world and attach yourself to Brahma. But it is very difficult to attach yourself to formless energy, which has no quality, no attribute. We get attracted, attached to qualities, some attributes, forms, features. And uh, simply to Brahma, which is without any quality, without any activity, without any form, how you will develop attachment. So they tell you can imagine any form of Brahma and then you sing and dance for them but ultimately you should understand you have to give up this attachment to this so called form also. So that is why Sarbam Bhattacharya also was worshipping Jagannath, he was the main priest of Jagannath but he knows this Jagannath form is illusory, this is not real form but I have imagined some form, imaginary form so that I can detach myself from matter. This is imagined form of Brahman, so when I am detached from material activities then I will give up this also, this attachment also. So in this mood they execute Bhakti Yoga. But the symptoms of Bhakti Yoga are mentioned in the Shastra, these kinds of ecstasy, so he was able to make out the symptoms. Any other question? Please come again. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu being devotee. Why he took... Okay, the question is, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was a... He is supreme personality of Godhead, but he expressed himself as a devotee. Then why he took sannyas from an impersonalist, who is a non-devotee, Keshav Bharati? So Keshav bharti uh, it is told... The understanding usually had become at that time, it is explained in Chaitanya Charitamrita, that sannyasi means Mayavadi sannyasi, a person who wears saffron. Because Vaishnava sannyasis, they were not taking saffron. And uh, they will not take sannyas also, because sannyas also is one of the four orders of life. It is again a material division. Sannyas is not again the person is completely liberated, that stage is beyond Sannyas also. So, Vaishnavas are called Paramhansas. Paramhansa is not a Sannyasi, it is a topmost situation of Sannyas. So, Vaishnava Sannyasis would wear white dress because they don't identify themselves with Varna and Ashrama, which are meant for dividing the society in this material world for progression towards Krishna. They are engaged in topmost platform. So they would not take sannyas. So because they did not... Now two kinds of people do not take sannyas. One who are not qualified. Another who are super qualified. Who are devotees. But somehow people started thinking these people are not qualified. So they don't, don't take sannyas. They don't take even janevu. So the janevu all these things are mentioned for regular people. Right? Like, uh, let's say, a very big industrialist is there, Mukesh Ambani is there. So, will somebody tell him, I will not do business with you because you do not have MBA degree? I I don't know he has or not, but any successful businessman, there are many dropouts. Uh, so, Steve Jobs, oh, you are a dropout? He was a dropout, right? So, he will tell, no, you don't have degree, I will not do business with you. <laughs> Your computers are defective because you do not have degree, No. <laughs> Because he is able to make computers very nicely, he need not take any degree. Degree is meant for ordinary people. If a person can make computers without degree, then there is no need of degree. So this is the situation of Vaishnavas. But those who are not advanced, the people in general, they would think, he does not have degree, means he is illiterate. Steve Jobs is not knowing computers because he does not have degree. He does not know business because he does not have a degree. So no. But uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wondered if people do not... He was preaching as a householder. Sometimes when householders they invite us, they may be also very advanced. But they invite saffron devotees to preach. Because when a person sits in saffron, it is understood he is more advanced. Just like police person, when he is in police dress, then people are more alert, they give more respect. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told people not giving me respect, and unless I am God, unless they give me respect, how they will advance in their spiritual life? Only when we offer respects to God, we advance. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told, I have to devise a way by which people start offering respect to me. When they offer respect to me, then dadami buddhi Yogam tam, they will be able to get buddhi yoga, bhakti yoga. So thus he thought, I have to take sannyas. Because people would respect the sannyasis. And mainly the understanding that time was sannyasi means Mayavadi sannyasi, who does this thing, who takes. So, thus, in order to show himself as a sannyasi, which is accepted by general people, he took sannyas from. So, this was the reason. So, we'll end here. Okay, online some questions are there. We'll take online questions. Yes. How do I do painting Yeah. How do I What kind of yoga Yes. So, if I do painting for Krishna, is it sense gratification? Is it karma yoga? Is it bhakti yoga or mixture? How do we understand? So if I am doing painting simply because of my pleasure, either I like to paint or I want to make money out of painting or get name, fame, reputation. To get money, name, fame, reputation position doing painting is karma, not even yoga. When I am doing this painting so that I can give up the results of my work, I don't want to enjoy, then that is called karma yoga. It begins from there. And when I am doing, I know that Krishna is the ultimate objective of life. He is to be served. But I am attached to painting, I cannot do any other thing. I I have no taste for chanting and hearing, I cannot get up early in the morning. But I I like to paint. So I will do painting, offer the results, either I will paint for Krishna, the paintings which are required for the movement or I can do some paintings and I can offer the result if I get a lot of money from painting to Krishna, this is called Karma Yoga. And what is Buddhi Yoga or Bhakti Yoga? I am completely surrendered to my spiritual master. My spiritual master has told me to paint, so I am doing painting. Even though I may not know how to paint, but my spiritual master has ordered you paint, so I will paint to the best of my capacity. Even though I am having leprosy in my hands, holding brush gives me a lot of pain, excruciating pain, but still my spiritual master has ordered, I will do it. No matter how much ever painstaking the job of painting is, this is called Bhakti Yoga. So I hope it answers. And now, how do we understand practically in our life? That is why devotees are there. Prabhupada set up this institution. So we always take guidance from devotees. So whether I am doing this purely as Bhakti Yoga or there is some commission of sense gratification also involved in that. Second question. can we use that product like for some of the okay, so this question is not related to today's discussion. We will take in some other occasion. So now time is also up. Anything related? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If someone is doing business, yeah. then shall he offer 100% profit? How should it be done? So the question is, how can we offer the results of our activities to Krishna? If a person is doing business, 100% of the money which he gains should be offered to Krishna. How do we understand? (coughs) So yes, the description in the Vedas is 100% should be offered to Krishna. If any portion you keep to yourself, then that brings karma, you get entangled. But then we are not so advanced in this Kali Yuga that we can offer 100% to Krishna. And uh, especially if we are having household life, then what do we do? Because I have to take care of my family members also. So as much as is required just to upkeep the family members, that much money can be kept. Just for maintenance. What is maintenance? That much food which is required for a healthy living. Not for luxury. Oh, let me have very expensive ice cream. Let me have nice dry fruits every day. Let me eat somewhere. No. Basic food which is required for... A healthy body because with healthy body we can approach Krishna. So that much money you can keep for eating. Basic living. Basic house is required. Basic furniture is required. If you want to read Bhagavatam always if you keep in your hand there may be pain so you can have a desk. But chair is not required. So Prabhupada was sitting on the floor always and doing this thing. Of course if you have pain nowadays in Kali we don't have practice. You can use chairs if required. But don't go for very very expensive sofa just to show others that see I am, uh, see my emerald sofa or ivory sofa or gold sofa that is not required. So just for keeping body healthy, minimum furniture, minimum house, minimum clothing, need not show a brand to others. So that much which is required for minimum maintenance that can be kept. So in this way one can offer the results of one's activities to Krishna. But this also very exalted people can do. So, for ordinary people like us, uh, the Acharyas have given discount. Just like it is told, Satatam Kirtayanto Always we have to chant the holy names of Krishna. But for us, discount is there. You chant 16 rounds minimum, you will be successful. Similarly, Panayanacha, Entire thing has to be given up. There is a Parikshit Maharaj gave up everything. His wife, children, his clothes also. And then he went to Bank of Ganges. But for us, discount is given in Kali Yoga. Okay, 50% you give up. Balance, I will take care of (laughs) Acharya. I will satisfy Krishna. (laughs) So thus now if you want to satisfy Krishna, it is very easy. Simply 50% we give up to Krishna. Minimum, then it will be... More if you give, it is better. Krishna will be more pleased. But minimum 50% also if we can offer to Krishna, then we are doing good Karma Yoga. So we will finish. Thank you so much for hearing. क्रेन्द्र राशि मत भागवतम की जय जगत गुरु श्रील प्रभुपाद की